All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. Fern here with my friend Jason Rule from Driven Nutrition. So if you are an affiliate owner uh, or even just an athlete and you've been in the CrossFit affiliate for any amount of time, um, supplements is a conversation that comes up. Uh, and we work with Jason at Driven Nutrition. Full disclosure, I've worked with a ton of different companies over the years. And I think this is going to be similar to my previous podcast with Matt Albrizio. And the, the goal here is education for the listeners about how this works and, and how to make it beneficial. But I know you're a busy man. I know you do tons of phone calls with affiliate owners and stuff like that. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, glad to be on. Um, having, having a chance to kind of flesh out ideas as opposed to being one-on-one -on -one with an affiliate is always pretty nice. So I appreciate you letting me come on and talk. Jason and I were, were chatting before we hit record and I think it's hysterical that you, you do not listen to podcasts. Like you just don't do it. No, no, I don't. Um, I don't, I listen to a lot of books. I read a lot of books. Um, but, uh, like in, in the instance of this, like I try not to listen to the podcast that I'm getting ready to go on is because I just, I want it to be a very natural flowing conversation. And, uh, I found as odd as it sounds, the less I prepare, um, the more I enjoy the process um, and hopefully uh, get more out of the conversation both ways. Well, I think it probably just speaks to preparation, meaning like you don't have to prepare. Like this is legitimately what you do day in and day out and that you live it. But that would be like me having to prepare, like do this big, you know, study session before I walked into a seminar on the weekend. Like if I have to do that. I'm probably not ready to teach a lecture or a yeah. squat. Like I'm good to go. I do, I do some polishing and review how I want to say things because, <laughs> because that's a course. But, um, you know, when I walk into the affiliate every day, I'm not super worried about how I'm going to teach the squat. Like I know how to do that. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, it just comes down, it comes down to reps. So I, I, is it even fair to say that the supplements in general has like a sleazy feel to it? Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. I, like I really don't like the supplement industry at all. Um, and it, it, that I I've been in it for 20 years, 20 some odd years, uh, promoting some GNCs, uh, and then 15 years ago, start the first brand. So I would have uh, a product that, that I could control not only the raws, but the price of to the people that were buying it from my stores. Um, but I think the biggest problem I have with the supplement industry, other, other than what, people always, always point out like being sleazy, being salesy, um, is, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to put this in words. I'm going to stumble around it is, um, the problem is, is a lot of supplement companies try to make themselves out to be the hero. Um, and they're not, it's, they're, they're like, we're a guide for affiliates. We're a guide for affiliates to teach, uh, and share with them our products and how it can help their business and how it can help their members. And so many, I, I feel so many supplement companies, they're like, hey, we're the greatest thing since Jesus Juice. Like, hey, love us because we're so badass. Um, I mean, their products, their commodities, their high grade raws that you put in, in a bottle um, that benefit athletes. And, and we offer that as a, as a product and a service to our affiliates and directly to our customers. So I think, I think that that's, that's been my main issue is in trying to find, trying to become comfortable with my guide as my role as a guide of a hey, driven's not the hero in the story. It's the CrossFit gyms. It's the gyms we work with and their members and the coaches um, and help to build that community. That's, um, that's, that's something that I've been working on in terms of being more comfortable 
being on podcasts like this because I'm not a fan of putting myself forward um, or even a company like even like here true story that uh, this is this is one of our gyms that we work with in fact my home gym that I that I enjoy working out with like I, I, I don't I'm not much for branding I'm, I'm a shitty owner I guess <laughs> Well, I know there's Shinny owner, your business wouldn't be operating, but it's a, it's a, it's kind of a weird dynamic because the vast majority of people in a CrossFit gym use some supplement, like whether it's a pre-workout or a protein supplement or some a vitamin or some degree like that. And it's like right. to think about the number of people that use supplements, but also pair that with like how people feel about supplement companies in general is mm-hmm. a really really odd pairing like it's just it's just weird for me to think about i'm like everybody's like this is this is horrible i'm gonna go buy that right now (laughs) (laughs) well and there's a lot of there's a lot of brand loyalty to it because uh once once a customer connects with a brand um it really comes down to people like us do things like this so once once you wear a reebok crossfit jacket like that's gonna be the jacket that you wear um so and that's just something that i try to teach try to teach to affiliates is talk about the brand and whether it's our brand or anything else, I try to make sure that when, when I have these conversations um, that the stuff that we teach is really agnostic. It's not driven specific. I'm going to say driven just because that's my company. Um, but the stuff we teach, you know, it really comes down to if you can promote a brand and you tell your members what you believe they should take, why you take it yourself and then let them know how it tastes and give them the opportunity to taste it. They're going to buy it. And then before long, just like, everybody in the gym is running around with nanos or metcons like people like us do things like this so that that's the breakthrough that i think that a lot of affiliates have to get through is owning that internal branding that they have to go through um you know the funny thing is they did it with progenics but progenics was an overpriced commodity that they couldn't make a margin on so like we kind of came and filled that gap a little bit like the best of both worlds of a premium priced product that is for the main masses. That's not just an $80 bag of protein. Yeah, we'll get into the price a little bit later because that that is something you should take into consideration. But before that, how 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 do you how does one get into the supplement world? Like how like were you working at GNC one day and you're like, I can just make I can get this stuff made and do it myself. <laughs> no, that's a good question. Uh, so I um, uh, I own the GNCs uh, that I had. Um, but there was a brand that built itself up inside of the franchise community. We used to have a very close, well, not we, because I've been out of it for a long time. Um, for we, There was a brand that came in that was exclusive to GNC franchisees. And we built the brand up and then it went, it got to where it started cutting back on raws. I was actually on the phone with um, my account manager for my stores. And he was coming to me and saying, hey, uh, we're reformulating this product and he started going down the list of raws and versus the old one. And I'm each, each raw I'm sitting there listening to it. And I'm like, no, that's, that's actually not as effective as a raw ingredient. And it's actually cheaper. So I'm clicking these off in my head. And then he said, well, the, the bad news is, is since we're upgrading this formula, we have to raise the price of buck 50 per unit. I said, you know, this kind of sucks because like everything you just said about the formula chain change was, was a lie, man. Like if you would have called me up and said, look, here's the thing. We're not, we're not able to maintain um, business at the margins that we're at with raws that we're using. So we're going to have to change the raws. This is how we're going to position these raws and how you're going to have those conversations. Cause this product as it stands, isn't going to be available anymore. Um, but 
you know, you didn't, you lied to me. So we're done. Um, so, uh, the owner ended up reaching out, um, to me and cause we were one of the early stores to, to bring it into the community. And he said, what, what's up, Jay, what are you doing? And I, and I just told him and he said, well, what do you, what are you planning on doing? I said, and I said, well, uh, you know, in talking to Sam, I realized I actually know what the hell I'm talking about. I, I can break down raws. So really, I guess when it comes down to it, I have to, uh, find suppliers in the U S um, that meets spectral analysis for raws, uh, GMP manufacturers, and then I can start building my own products. Um, so that's what we did. That's really cool. And I, th I think, at least for me personally, for a long time, and still to this day, like that's a major disconnect. And, and hopefully what some people can walk away with here is we could talk about sales and all that stuff, but really what I would like people to walk away with is a little bit of education. Like how do I personally, like absent of any brand, make a good decision on whether this is an appropriate product, right? So you're talking mm -hmm. about raws and I, and some people are probably thinking about raw meat, but like you're talking about ingredients. So right. Where, like, where does one go? Because essentially when I look at the back of most supplements, there's 18 syllable words, most of which I'm not even sure in the English language and I'm overwhelmed. Right. So I result to just reading the front of the label, which says this will make me awesome. And I say, well, it says that on the label. So maybe I'll just trust them. You know, so where does one start as far as like filtering through all of that? You know, the biggest thing to look at um, is looking for the, the GMP. Um, logo on products, good manufacturing practices. That means that it's an FDA inspected facility where it's manufactured. Uh, it means that the raws are inspected. Um, they go through a spectral analysis, make sure that they match um, previous batches to where like everything is what it is. And then the raw product is basically a, um, a culmination. The finished product is a culmination of all of the raws that go into it. So it really comes down to um, a lot of like companies like Glassdoor stuff like that, they'll test the raw product and we've, we've batch tested our products. We send them off, get them batch tested. Um, but to me, that's not as important as testing the raws before they even go into the product because what that's doing is that's taking a batch and sending it off to where it's already inside of the consumer's hands. Um, so by testing each of the raws before it goes into the product, um, unfortunately a lot of that comes down to, um, the trust and who's running the company and whether or not they have their hands on that wheel. Uh, GMP is, is a good one in terms of, from a consumer standpoint, making sure that that's okay. done. Um, and and sticking to that is, is vital. Cool, so, the, so that actually brings up a completely off topic, but something I think is who have gotten, how should we say, dinged for performance enhancing, enhancing supplements. And they're, <laughs> Uh, and, and their excuses, I took a bad supplement. Now I'm sure that can happen. However, mm -hmm. I'm not fully educated on the supplement industry and how things flow through that, that supply chain and how, and how right. reasonable that is. But I just find it hard to believe that there is a person injecting testosterone into pre-workout in one of these factories somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, so I would say probably one out of a thousand may be a valid concern. Um, and usually that's going to be, uh, you can take a look at the labeling. You can take a look at a lot of times the company and be like, Hey, this looks like it was printed on mom's Hewlett Packard. Like, <laughs> don't take that product. Uh, so the, but to your point, every time, every time an athlete says that, I think, Oh shit, here we go again. Because 
it always amazes me. Like what benefit would it bring me to, to put testosterone or any other product um, in one of my products? Like even if you take it orally, it's not going to work. Right. Like the, like even if, even if I were to add that, it's not going to create the results you want. And yeah. I mean, I'm putting myself up to where potentially go to prison for selling a dirty product. Um, it's so often just a line of bullshit in my opinion. Like people are getting popped. I've heard, I've heard people, uh, claim like athletes, like, uh, NFL stuff like that. Uh, a drug test is an IQ test. And if you fail yeah. it, you, you, you fail it. It's because you didn't, the, the athletes that, that aren't in the know are the ones that are going to fail it. Um, it's because they're taking supplements or they're taking products, whether it's dietary supplements like SARMs, which I am absolutely against, um, or they're taking real drugs. Um, yeah. they just didn't time the off season or the off cycle. Right. Anybody who wants a, a real eye opening education, go watch the documentary Icarus on Netflix about the Soviet union and how they did that. And it is absolutely an IQ test is like, if you have the right yeah. doctors and they know how to cycle on and off and they know what dosages should be, um, it is virtually impossible. And what's interesting about that is it's, it's even funnier that people pop because most of these doctors and these companies are well ahead of testing protocols. Yeah. They're like two, three years out and testing is always catching up, which is why we see, you know, like, I think this is maybe last year, the year before where they pulled a huge batch of uh, samples from the 2012 Olympics and just eliminated an entire field of athletes. <laughs> it's like, Oh, they're like, we didn't see these metabolites before, but it's, I think it's funny too. I think I agree with you. It's a line of bullshit because you see, you read the article and they say, Oh, it's a taint. It was a tainted batch of, of, pre-workout or protein or whatever it is right and then and then you read a little deeper into the article and you look at what they popped for and it's just impossible that that right. somehow showed up in that in that sample i'm like do you even know what that sample is like you are completely uneducated <laughs> right now and i'm like that's not how that works number one um, right so yeah i just like oh just own it just say yep i was trying to win. i would respect you much more if you just said i really wanted to win so i cheated and i'll be like okay cool right. you're still good in my book right. i get it you made a mistake uh, right. but anyway I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because you're more educated on it on it than me yeah uh, that's the that's the first time i've always uh, ever been asked that uh publicly so um but that that is that is how i feel and i'm always like uh, i should should probably <laughs> i'm gonna rub some people the wrong way but that's the fact of it like um if you play, if you play that game, prepared to get popped, um, and the other side of it, the other side that I don't think that people realize is, is naming naming a supplement company falsely opens yourself up to massive litigation. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the rest of your life, um, and if it's like it's it's done, I believe it's done like defensively, like oh no, that wasn't me, like no, that that was you. Um, so in the air of court opinion, that's not the same as what actually happens professionally and in terms of courts and what actually takes place after somebody makes that false accusation. So yeah, there's consequences behind just losing respect inside of the community. Yeah. And listen, court is not fun. So nobody wants to do that. The, <laughs> which, so which, which kind of brings the larger question is, is should people take supplements? You know, I could be, so I'm imagining an affiliate owner and probably myself at some point in my affiliate was just like, listen, if they just eat whole foods, they'll be fine. Like they'll do it. And we don't even recommend that people take supplements, you know, CrossFit is a health company and I'm not saying that supplements are bad, but I'm also saying that like, 
they shouldn't supplements shouldn't precede quality food and and in that conversation how do we start to bridge that gap from like okay yes we're eating whole foods but at some point like supplements may be in order who should take them should they take them and, and how do you start to have that conversation i think coming to the, come to terms with acceptance of uh the more the more the more polarized you get in terms of whether it's exercising diet anything else you're gonna you're gonna ostracize you're not gonna be able to service a certain type of community um and kind of realizing like it does have its place the reason they're supplements is because they're supposed to supplement a good diet um it is hard to get enough protein uh especially women like the the protein that they need to get they're just not used to eating that like uh if they've been an athlete for a long time they they've started training their bodies to eat a lot more chicken a lot more beef to where they can raise their branched chain amino acids and their protein intake but you take just um a normal lady off the street or a normal guy off the street they don't they they have they have they're used to things being sweeter. They're used to things being a little bit saltier. They need that type of taste to be satisfied with what it is they're eating. Um, so if you take someone like that and you say, the only way for you to live your life is to be an extreme paleo athlete, um, that's not going to be a lifestyle that most likely the majority of them are going to be able to follow. So it's that 80-20 rule. How do we, how do we not focus on the 20% of the athletes that are going to follow that type of diet? How do we increase our protein intake for these 80% that are needing something sweeter, that needs something more satisfying, that isn't as much of a job as eating 20 or 30 grams of chicken? Because that's a damn job, especially if you're going to do it the way you should be doing it two or three times a day. So yeah. uh, like I challenge anyone listening to this, go and try to increase your protein intake by 90 grams a day. Ooh. Yeah. That's that now right. becomes from a diet like, from a yeah that now becomes like part of my job. Yeah, yeah, and it and inside of five days you're gonna just be miserable. Uh, now the nice thing is after about two two and a half weeks the habit's gonna kick in your stomach's gonna get used to you eating that so it's not gonna be as much of a job, but your old lifestyles your old habits are gonna kick in. Now you say okay well here's three protein shakes that you can do that with it's gonna taste like dessert. Now it's not hard, so the protein is going to increase the recovery for that athlete. It's going to decrease their appetite. So their likelihood of eating a shitty meal is a lot lower. So it's, it's finding that the lifestyles that, that we like to, we inside of CrossFit, and it's not so much as what it used to be, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Um, understanding like we have to be able to service those other people that aren't going to be as extreme as we are about it. On that note, it, so I can, I can imagine the questions that are popping up now because you're talking about sweeter and saltier. Um, a lot of people, their argument is like, listen, there's just a bunch of sugar in those products so that people will eat more of them. You know, So mm -hmm. is, is something that tastes good, is, is that something that I should be cautious of because there is sugar? I mean, we all know sugar is not good for you, but you know, um, not natural sugar. Well, but So explain that to people. You know, because there are products well, out there where like people smash them because like, quite frankly, they're delicious and they are full <laughs> of sugar. So, well, then there's a lot of drinks out there uh, that are in CrossFit gyms that I, I always like asking gym owners, like, does that actually do anything? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, but speaking specifically to carbohydrates and sugars, like that's, that's our body's fuel. That's what we need as athletes. And so many times I remember... I was uh, seven years ago, I sat next to Jared Stevens at a CrossFit competition 
and we were both sitting down eating eggs and onions and from a paleo wagon. I was like, this stuff's amazing. Like, do you guys eat like this all the time? It's like, yeah, dude, you get shredded. I said, but yeah, if you want to beat everybody out here, eat like a bodybuilder. Like, it, like I, athletes don't athletes don't eat that way. You know, find something that that works for your body type that you can consistently do day in and day out, over and over again, and like increase your carbs. Um, I don't know if that was your specific question, but um, I think that as a community for, from CrossFit, um, the education of hey, you need carbs to live. Your brain needs carbs. Uh, yeah. Your muscles needs carbs. Like I think we're past that. But was your question something different than that? No, it was more along the lines of of taste you know people look at taste and like well listen this tastes good which means there must be something in here that is not (laughs) ideal right it's just like right um but it is that you know but on your on your note so like dr zoe harkham who uh, spoke at the trainer summit this year you know she um used to be vegan and she's very much on the you know vegans are full of crap train at this point and um she outlined in pretty great detail that you know like the so the body needs glucose, right? So if, if that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about as far as fuel source, the right. which we outlined pretty uh, with a pretty strong argument is there are no essential carbohydrates. Like there's essential proteins. Now that does that's not to suggest that carbohydrates have no place and have no benefit, right? And I think there I think kind of alluding to what you said earlier is that we can't. It's not a zero sum game. It's not like we're I'm just going to eat this carnivore diet, be able to do, you know high intensity workouts for, you know, for months on end to be able to perform well. And I think, I think there is trying to get people to understand there's this balance, but also acknowledging that to some degree, and I don't know how you feel about this. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. In my experience, some, to some degree, eating for performance can very much no longer resemble eating for health. That's an interesting perspective. Um, I would, I'll use me as an example on this. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm a 45 year old guy. I was a college athlete. I did track. I was never a, an amazing athlete. I never had potentially even desire to go to the CrossFit games. I've done regionals one time. Um, hey, that's good, good enough for most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I try to eat to where I can perform the, my life. Like, you know, my wife and I, we've got four kids, uh, um, 19, 15, 10, and six. So my job is keeping up to them. My job is running this company and um, going to the gym uh, three to four times a week and enjoying, you know, if I, if I, if, you know, I, last week I did a 5k row or a 500 meter sprint row for time, like just to see what I could do. Um, and yesterday I went in, and, you know, I don't think I broke a sweat. So my eating for, for my version of eating for performance performance is finding something to where I feel good. Um, my clothes fit the way that I'm, I have my threshold that I'm comfortable with. Um, and you know, I'm not starving. Um, so I think everybody's threshold in terms of what they're eating to perform for is different. And that's, I think that that's where, um, some owners, some coaches get in trouble with is because their version of eating to perform is to be an elite athlete. And we're seeing that in CrossFit as it is, you know, the, the elite athlete gyms, they're not the ones that are thriving. It's the ones that are focusing on a business and wellness, you know, health and actually focusing intentionally in different aspects of their business as opposed to, Hey, how do we create some really badass human beings? Yeah. Um, 
So that that's that's my response to that. No, I th- I think it I think it's a fair response. I just um I, I would agree with you that like there's people that are taking an anomaly, which we can I think we can call a CrossFit Games athlete at this point an anomaly. They are not they sure. are absolutely an outlier in almost every way, shape, and form. Um, and then we're applying that practice to the average person that comes into my gym, which means they need to be on, if they're, if they're going to work out whatever, six times a week that they need to bump up their carbohydrate intake, which right. maybe, maybe not. But I think in large part, I think with a big error that's happening is these discussions are being had in the absence of other data points. Like what are your workouts? Right. What's your body composition? What does your blood profile look like? And they're just like, you should take the supplement to which point I'm like, why? Like we why? should have some sort of reasoning behind that. Like you just don't right. tell people to take it. Like if you're right, why would you take vitamin D if you're not deficient in vitamin D? Right. You know? So, um, yeah, no, I, I think we're, I think we're aligned there. I think we agree. So let's get into some of uh, the supplements. So a lot of gym owners, and this, again, this, now we're going to start kind of go down the road of what Matt and I talked about from forever fierce, which is we know people are taking supplements. Mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, like it's happening. The supplement industry is a billion dollar industry. And I've actually come to this weird realization that for some people, supplementation is the entry point to eventually what looks like a good diet absent of supplements. Absolutely. Yeah. So how Absolutely. do we start? How do we start to, and, and that would be a weird place to, to live your life, which is if I live my life like where we want to eat whole foods and we want to do that, but then trying to pair that with the reality of the fact that like people are not going to do that. So what am I married to? Am I married to getting them there eventually? Or am I married to like, am I going to die on the sword of like, you know, meats and potatoes and vegetables, you know? <laughs> right, right. And it, you know, that's one of the, that's the tough thing about what we have as the company is we have so many different products, you know, 22 or 23 different SKUs um, of protein alone, um, you know, adding to that, you know, bone broth now, chicken isolate. Um, we tried, since everybody's different, like you have different goals, you know, someone like a Brooke Wells has different goals than you and I even. Um, so each body is different. You know, a woman that hasn't worked out for 10 years that comes in needs to lose 40, 50 or hundred pounds. They have different goals and they have different needs, but there is some, there is, I can tell you at 100% in my uh, experience with retail and supplements, there is some validation that if somebody buys a product or they buy a membership to a gym, they're going to validate that previous decision by making sure that it's used optimally, whether by showing up to the gym, taking their protein after they work out. So it's not, like you said, the zero sum game, there is no silver bullet for fitness. I mean, it's not just diet. It's not just an exercise routine, i.e. CrossFit. It's not just supplements. It's a combination of all of them. Um, creating that synergistic effect where things come together and it just becomes part of what they do and it helps them find their natural balance, their threshold, which, which, uh, you know, like, like I said, I have found in terms of my, like I'm, I'm in terms with, uh, I'm never going to be an athlete. No one's going to ever look at me and be like, Holy shit. Did you see how much weight Jason just lifted? <laughs> like, no, that will never happen. Um, unless, unless I'm working out with my 10 year old, then she yeah. may be impressed. Um, but finding those things and having those things available as a gym. And even though it may not be a hundred percent in tune of like, Hey, this is how you live your life. Um, sucralose is a good example. We have a lot of gyms that don't want anything to do with sucralose and I'll, I'll ask them, okay, so are your members buying supplements that are strictly sweetened with stevia? 
Well, yes. Okay, so how much of this have you sold in the last couple months? Two or $300 worth. And you've got 150 members, there's no way. So what's actually happening is, and I'll, I'll put this to them, I'll, and they'll put a survey out, and 100% of the time it comes back. Um, hey, they'll send a survey out. Hey, are there any supplements that you guys are taking beyond this brand that only has natural sweetener? Um, it always comes back. Like, they're always blown away. Like, I had no idea people were taking this. And a lot of the reason is, is because if somebody is such a hard liner and they're always like, no sucralose, no sucralose, no sucralose, your membership is going to, they're going to find things that fit their palate. They're going to get sold something in a, in a store that may not be a good fit for them. Or they're going to get targeted on Facebook, Google ads, or something like that, and they're going to buy it. And if they like it and it tastes good, and it's something that they can reward themselves after they get done working out, they're going to keep taking it. So kind of a lot of affiliates are kind of detaching from that mindset of, okay, um, I understand my market is going to be buying this, a product like this. So what's a product line that I can offer as the best alternative guys, this isn't something I'm going to put on my body, but if you're dead set on taking a supplement that tastes amazing, we feel that this is the best option for you. Um, and what's amazing is, is we have, we have natural proteins. We sell probably 2000 to one driven way over natural way. Wow. Not an exaggeration. That's crazy. And take a look at what spot we're in. I mean, we're like, we're in, we're in this space. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think we've covered the why, right? So the, the you know, why would I sell supplements? Well, because people are buying them anyway. So why not be somewhat of the authority to help guide them into making good decisions? I think, I think people right. are on board with that. Like I don't, not many people are, are going to be super resistant to that. I think now more often than not, the question is what and how. So what, and sometimes I think it's, it's important to, to shed light on not necessarily how to do it right, but what is wrong? Like what should you absolutely not do? So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see affiliate owners do when buying, promoting, selling um, supplement products? Man, that's a wide open question. Um, you, you're right. A lot of times it's what finding things that aren't the right fit. Like you get somebody in there that needs to lose 50 or 80 pounds, post squat probably isn't a great option. Selling something that's pure sugar is a really shitty option. Um, even though like, yeah, great, you need glycogen to recover after you get done working out, your body can actually convert protein to glycogen to repair. Um, like, no, like that's still like, just don't do that. Um, you know, selling a pre-workout that has 500 milligrams of caffeine to CrossFitters, like dude, we're trying to do a Metcon or something. The goal is to keep your heart rate down, right? So um, finding those products of it's this, it's not that. And then as you're having conversations and that's, you know, you, you use the word authority and authority on supplements. And that, I think that a lot of times that will hold that mindset. There's a lot of affiliates that kind of had that mindset. Like I need to become an authority on it before I introduce it become a conduit for information. You shouldn't be the sphere that all information goes through. You should kind of be the hub that the information circles around. So when members do have a question, they come to you, the hub, and then you, you be like, no, I'm an idiot. I don't have that answer. Like, that's the truth. Let me go look for you. You, you as, as a coach, as an owner, are a lot more qualified to search for it's this, it's not that for that athlete. So you go find that information, then you bring it back to the athlete. You have that conversation. And then that reinforces their decision to where next time they go to a local retailer and they try to get sold $300 worth of crap 
you know, no, I'm actually going to go talk to Jason because he directed me in the right direction last time. So I, I, one of the mistakes I see a lot of times is affiliates try to be that central point for all information. So they have to know it before they even start. Um, it's like a CrossFitter. It's, it's like an athlete saying, I'm going to get in shape before I start CrossFit. No, that's not how it works. You come in, you use bands. Like you just start. It's yeah. reps. Like you, you can't get good at going to putting on seminars until you've just done all of the reps. Um, and it, 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 retail is the same way. You just get comfortable with it and you increase the, you increase the awareness of a product or a product category that you're offering in your gym and your members will come and support you with it. And they'll have questions that you may or may not have the answer for, but if they're trusting you to find the answer, like I know CrossFit gym owners, they're going to go find the right answer and they're going to give honest, honest feedback. So I start having, I start doing that research for people and I find like how many, how many SKUs do you have total for driven nutrition? Like how many products do you carry? So we have uh, 54 SKUs plus probably another 25 or 30 with Charlotte's Web uh, Hemp Oil and CBD. And I do want to get to that because I think that's super important. So, um, so a lot, right? So let's say, let's say it's safe to say that you guys offer something for most every scenario that, a, that an affiliate mm -hmm. owner is going to encounter. Okay. So I found it. I did my research. I've, uh, I think I found an appropriate solution now how is now the question how do i have this conversation because maybe i'm an affiliate owner who selling anything even my own product makes me feel sleazy mm -hmm. get over yourself <laughs> um i mean it uh i mean i mean two things two things if somebody asks you for a solution you have an obligation to to deliver the best answer you can um, the second one that a lot of people overlook is you have a business and an obligation to make sure that you can keep your doors open. Um, not just for you, not just for your family, but for your members. So if they're coming to you for a solution so they can buy a product from you and, and I know, I know you're speaking as, as an example, but if you are as, as a business owner are listening to this and that just hit the nail, like you really need to evaluate, like your members want you to be successful. They want you to be open next month, next year. So if making $10, making $20 or $30 on selling a product, you need to evaluate like your goals in life in terms of, are you trying to run a business or did you just buy a hobby? Um, if it's the latter, eventually someone's going to open it across the street. They're going to run a business and they're going to hand you your ass. I mean, that's a whole nother series of podcasts like that right there, <laughs> right, <laughs> which right, is, right. you know, which I, I mean, there's still aspects of that I wrestle with today. Um, but yeah, no, I agree that it's, again, I think if we just keep telling yourself they're buying it anyway, why don't I find the best possible variation of that? Potentially not even that. Maybe they think they need that and they don't actually need that. Maybe they need right. something else. So right. um, what are some of the ways that, so you talked about uh, entry point. And so when is it, when is it most beneficial to talk about supplements as a coach or as a gym owner? Is it upon, is it when somebody, per, is it when somebody joins the gym? Should I be doing this uh, once a week? Uh, do I do flash sales? You know, black Friday's coming up. Like, like how do I start right. to, to, to do this? Cause most of us didn't get in this to sell stuff. We got in this to train right. people. Right. Um, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to go back to your last question for just a okay. second to give somebody a specific tactic. Okay. Uh, Cause I went off on a tangent off on the rails, which I sometimes nope. do. So a we specific tactic is okay. Good. Um, so an athlete asks you, Hey, 
does this product fit me? Do you go out and you find the answer, yes or no? Um, instead of delivering that in a vacuum where you go text message or you one-on-one talk to the owner, post it up in your Facebook group or on your page and tag that athlete. It, unless it's something that's uh, sensitive, if they're sharing information that's private, that they wouldn't feel comfortable. But if it's something simple like, hey, should I be taking a protein after a workout? Yeah, yes, like, hey, here's the product. Here's the product you asked me about. This is why I think it'd be a good fit. This is why I don't think it would be a good fit. So what's going to happen from a tactical standpoint is you're engaging with the customers. You're also letting the rest of the members know that you're a resource for that information. But the most powerful part of it is the other members are going to jump on board and they're going to reinforce what it is you just said. And then you become that hub that information circles around as opposed to the sphere going directly to one person. So hopefully, hopefully that helps. No, no, I dig it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a real, and really what you're saying is like, hey, you should be constantly having conversations with your athletes. You know, like you should right. be doing the, you should be doing the dirty work of, you know, care, 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 which we like to say is like, how do you get good at a business? Well, you just care about people a lot, you know, and you really yep. maximize customer service. Um, what are some other ways or what are some other kind of like tactics within the gym that people can start to utilize? Like, do you, are you selling packages on the front end when people join? Um, cause some people feel really sleazy about that. You're like, I'm pushing supplements on people that I met yesterday, you know? Right. Right. Now it's, it's tough for us because we have, uh, we work with, uh, I mean, we passed 1500 affiliates last week, I guess this week. Um, so we work with all different types of gym owners, some that like they're, they're very staunch in terms of how they want to offer it. There's some that are very aggressive on how they want to get in terms of offering supplements and other packages to their members on day one. So we have, we have, we have systems for both of those, depending on how somebody wants to run their business. Um, at the very least, I recommend having the conversation on day one. If you don't want to sell members product, tell them that. But at the very least, walk by and say, hey, guys, that's our supplement shelf right over there. These are the products that we carry, and we recommend the members. You're going to find that you're going to see our coaches. You're going to see other members. You're going to see me taking these products daily. What I need you to know is these aren't a good fit for you right now. When they are, I'm going to tell you. Okay? But I also need you to know that if you have questions, you need to come to us because I'll be able to answer those for you. So having it on day one, I mean, this, this shit's not a secret. I mean, it's like um, – the, the thing I try to uh, compare it to is like, like you can not teach a teenager about sex ed, but they're going to learn about sex ed. So that's it's my mean, greatest that's, that's, fear, which I'm sure is, is you have a daughter as well. Just like, <laughs> but my, my daughter's going to wear sweatpants and be locked in a room until she's 38. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we well, won't get into that. Oh uh, man. But, uh, but not keeping it a secret, making sure that the members know that you're a resource and talking about it on day one. If it's something that you want to implement and get them on a subscription, like we even have that as an option. Like, Hey, here's the packages we recommend. They can subscribe to it. We even have a system to where we can auto ship and fulfill those for from the member can sign up on day one and we can fulfill direct to the consumer. Um, so, but the other side of that spectrum is at the very least, these are the products that we recommend in house. I'm not going to recommend any of these to you right now. What we need to do is these are the things that, that we need you to be doing as a person. And then when it's time, we'll start introducing other supplements or no diet or anything else, but doing it intentionally um, instead of keeping it as a secret or waiting for them to hopefully luckily ask you a question when they think about it, if they're around you, that's not a business approach. 
Yeah. I, and I mean, it sounds to me like you're just saying honesty is the best policy policy, like tell people, I don't think you should take these right now. We have other things that are, that are higher on the priority list than that. And then when you're ready, let's do it. And then on the flip side of that is tell people, listen, like this should not be the bulk of your nutrition. Like right. it is a supplement by definition. It is not, it <laughs> right. is not the base of how I do this. Um, because <clears throat> I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole of, you know, uh, how a lot of westernized diet is devoid of vitamins or minerals. And I think that people are, are hip to that idea. And this is where some of the stuff, uh, supplements can come in. Um, but you guys don't, I think typically in the CrossFit space, I think a lot of people think of supplement companies as like protein pre-workout, but what else do you guys offer in the way of vitamins? And I kind of want to talk a little bit about the CBD because I'm a, I'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of CBD. Uh, yeah. Not, not just because like weed is great, you know, like, but because like, I do think there's a lot of benefits to it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm in the same boat. Uh, so yeah, you know, we've got the proteins, we've got men's and women's multivitamins, which we formulated. There's only so far you can go with a multivitamin just because size of the pill or number of pills that you're trying to get people to take. Uh, but we did bump the, the vitamin D, uh, up to 2000 IUs. Um, we, we, that's one we struggle on. Uh, like, should we do 2000 or 5,000? Um, since the RDA is so low on, on, vitamin D as it is. I'm a big proponent of vitamin D. Um, we, we felt that 2000 is something that someone could and should be taken year round, regardless of the amount of sun they get. Um, uh, fish oil, uh, amino acids. Uh, we have one free workout that isn't a very heavy hitter in terms of caffeine. It's 200 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, we have another product that's kind of a, um, an all day. It's really not a free workout. It's called disrupt. It's our amino acids but it has 120 milligrams of caffeine, some taurine, some electrolytes. So a lot of people will compare it to um, amino energy or spark from AdvoCare. Yeah, so, I, I, we have it here and I take it and I appreciate it because it doesn't make me feel like I'm going to walk into a WWE wrestling match when I take it. Um, because yeah. I always mistime it anyway because I'm just, you know, I'm a typical gym owner running around here like there's a, you know, with a Chinese fire drill, but um, I take it, you know, five minutes before the workout, at which point I finish the workout and then it hits me and I'm like, well, this is completely <laughs> useless at this point. So, um, yeah. So I think I, I think about it and I'm, and I'm thinking about myself as a business owner. Like I think where I think where people feel more comfortable with the supplements is, is more along the lines of some of the things that we just discussed, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the vitamin D, the multivitamins, CBD, fish oil, uh, and, and some of the pre-workout. So maybe you don't start with the proteins. Like if you want people to eat meats, you know, chicken, fish, grass fed, and you want people to go down that road, well then do that, promote that. Because like, I, I think we both would agree, like that's the better option anyway. Right. But then we can still backfill with some things here um, that I think are super important. Like I agree with you, the vitamin D is, is, um, is super important. The fish oil is something that CrossFit has been, uh, just been we've been waving that flag for 20 years that fish oil and getting more omega-3s in your diet uh, there is virtually no study ever that would suggest anything other than that you know so right. these are the ones where you can start to really feel good about some of these products where we're like hey, listen virtually everybody should be looking at at least having a conversation about these products right right um so let's talk cbd because this is an interesting one and really hasn't hasn't 
I mean, uh, you tell me you're, you're a little bit more in the space there. Like this has really become a thing, like probably within the last two years where like people are start beating the CBD drum. Yeah. And it, uh, thank, thankfully we were ahead of that wave. Um, I, I started looking into it for personal reasons about five or six years ago. I've told that story a few times. Um, but I started looking into it specifically three years ago when my son needed something to cut inflammation down. Um, so he could do track, um, and football, um, so long story short, uh, I came across a product, which I felt was one of the most vetted ones in the space in terms of, and, and so you've got the questions of hemp oil versus CBD. Um, and there was just so much confusion in the space of what is the product? Where does it come from? Is it hemp oil? Is it CBD? And with my background in the supplement industry, I was fascinated because I'd never seen a raw ingredient emerge so fast and have so many potential benefits, but have them water muddied so fast. And the reason that is, is because you're selling a product that has, you know, uh, you know, this here, you know, this is for dogs, uh, but um, you, you've got a product that's selling for one ounce, that's selling for anywhere between 400, between $40 to $300, depending on the product. Like the ability for a company that's creating that kind of money and that kind of profit to miss inform its consumers is scary as shit to me and that's really what i started looking at so i started going down the rabbit hole of okay who's doing it right um and that's what that's where we stumbled on charlotte's web um and we've been really really blessed they've been an amazing partner to work with um and it, it uh i tell them i tell everyone on the podcast that i talked to about it if, if there was a better brand um out there in the space in terms of testing, in terms of validation of the products, in terms of concentration of CBD versus hemp oil, we would be selling that one. Um, that's one of the nice things about not branding our own products as a raw is I'm not married to one. Um, we, we staunchly um, carry Charlotte's Web. That's because we feel they're the best option out there. Yeah, I think, I mean, if anybody, there's a, you can just Google and, and go into the old interwebs yourself. But like we, and what I'm about to say is completely anecdotal, but um, I started using it maybe like two years ago and like I get significantly better sleep when I do it. We actually even played around a little bit with um, our daughter who has, she's autistic and like we've seen some different um, improvements within her as far as like helping improve her speech and her cognitive ability and things like that. And, you know, nothing crazy, you know, we're not like um, getting ridiculous with it, but it's just like, as a parent, you know, you're, you read the benefits of this stuff and you're just like, why, why is every human being on earth? Not like at least toying around with this product. You know, it's like, it's, right. I can't find it. I can't find anything bad about it with the exception of like, people think that marijuana is the devil. And I'm like, okay, to each their own. Like, that's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, no, CBD, CBD is awesome. Um, and that, uh, uh, true story, uh, from a tactic standpoint, um, this will help if, if so, like, uh, my background, my dad's a retired highway patrolman. Um, my brother's highway patrolman. I've got two nephews that are now highway patrolmen. Drugs just are something we didn't do. Um, it wasn't even like, no, that's just not it. So like I've never smoked weed. Yeah. So, I was the same way. My parents were like, if you do that, we're literally going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once I started looking into it and started taking a look at it from, uh, a benefit or a medicinal standpoint of what can it actually do. Um, so I would encourage any gym owners listen to this or any coaches take a picture of any product, 
any CBD product, like just like sucralose, right? Like you may not realize what's out there and what your members are actually doing. Um, we have a Facebook group, by the way, and you can search this. I've got a picture. It's called Building Retail in Your Box. Uh, any affiliates, you're welcome to join that. Um, but um, out there several times, I've posted another affiliate. It's a back. It's just a picture of CBD. It's Charlotte's Web in, in my hand, and we put a question mark up there. And then I just encourage gym owners to post that image along with this text that says, do you take CBD and why? And then step back and, and wait. Um, one, um, one affiliate did this about a month ago, and I think he had 32 comments inside of four and a half hours. Like, tell me the last time, tell me the last time you've made a post on your page that got a third that. Um, very few, very few micro gyms are going to get that kind of interaction. Right, exactly. And, and not only that, but it's a way to test the waters. Like, like, you know, don't have uh, confirmation bias. Don't assume that everybody thinks the way you do. Like, Hey, if you're curious, post it out there and you may get your mind changed in terms of, uh, this isn't the devil's weed. Um, you may actually find some, uh, instances where members it's changed their lives or some benefits mm -hmm. that may resonate with you. Like, Oh shit, I didn't know that I should try it. Um, so this guy ended up selling, I think, 18 bottles just from doing that. And these are consumable products, right? So what's going to happen in 30 or 45 or 60 days? He's going to yeah. sell it again. Yeah. And so. I've seen a lot of, um, obviously, I was prior military and I had a, um, a lot of friends who have, you know, played around a lot with this and seen significant improvements for like PTSD, just, just, just depression in general. Um, and again, right. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that this cures depression. That's not at all what I'm saying, but like they have noticed a significant difference in like how they feel cognitively, how they operate, like just general emotions. Um, it's definitely not the end all be all, but it is, it's a, it's an incredibly interesting product and it is like, we could yes. talk about it all day. It's uh, it's super interesting. Now let's say that people have done their homework. They're like, okay, I, I want to start with true nutrition. But then the question is like, okay, well, how the hell are these guys different than anybody else? Like, why are you, why are you not? Okay. You know, like progenics was here and then they fell off the scene for like all sorts of crazy ass reasons. What <laughs> makes, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast too. What, yeah, why is. are you guys different? There's some, there's some super interesting things that you guys do differently than most other supplement companies in the space. Um, this is where I suck as, as an owner because um, bragging about us is, isn't something that I'm really, really is my jam. And um, I know you're uncomfortable I, with that, but, and, but I think it's important because like I'm only married to what makes the gym owner's life easier. And I think there's mm -hmm. certain things that you're doing that are incredibly beneficial to a gym owner who's having this problem, doesn't understand that it can be valuable. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, don't like Jason and I don't have an agreement. Like if you don't want to buy driven, like don't buy it. I don't care. Like, but you should be educated to understand how this and, and like some things that will make this far less painful for you in this process. Got it. Okay. So I'll wind it up. Um, so in, uh, over the last seven years, I've onboarded close to 1500 affiliates, a little bit I know. Um, in that time we've, we have a North star, um, does it help affiliates? And is it something we can do? If, if we answer yes to both of those questions, we do our best to accomplish them. Um, our, we're essentially a, a consulting company wrapped around the supplement line. Um, we teach affiliates how to do retail, just like what we've done on this call. Hopefully it'll help you guys no matter what you're selling. Um, our, 
are we actually have an onboarding process for new affiliates something that's constantly evolving and inside of about a week uh, we're going to be onboarding a lot of past affiliates because we're going to be launching a portal which has a video so your question of how do i become more knowledgeable so i get information um, the portal will be specific it'll have access to affiliates it'll have access to their coaches and different sections will allow different users will have access to different parts of the portal. Um, some of the things I'm most excited about is each product, we've been at it for the last four or five months now, each product will have a video, um, well, three videos actually. One specifically is what are the top five questions regarding this product? What's the basics? So that's one minute. And then we have what's the science behind the formula? So we start getting nerdy. So each one of those products, product catalogs, so it, it's built to where it's going to take people through the journey of, I don't know much about supplements. How do I learn more to where they get comfortable? And these are all assets that can be forward facing to consumers also. So you can take the assets that we produce from a marketing standpoint and deliver those to, to your members. Um, and then from there, tying your coaches into it because they're the tips of the spear. Um, it's great for you to be on board, but if we don't get them taking supplements, if we don't get them taking our supplements, then it gets really confusing as shit, right? So if I do, if I do PT at your gym and you've got eight different coaches and I do training with those eight different coaches, Hey bro, what do you take? If I get eight different answers, like that's broken. Like that's really, not only is it broken from a business standpoint, but it's confusing for the member. Yeah. What, what do I take? So having, getting them on board, teaching them about the product, raising their awareness about the product, and then giving them the ability to have conversations with members is something that can potentially create geometric growth as opposed to linear growth to where one affiliate owner is talking to every single person in a vacuum. Um, so it, that's, that's just kind of the tip of the spear. You know, we have the building retail group uh, on Facebook that talks about that. We're constantly coming out with um, more articles, more content that we deliver to our affiliates through the onboarding process. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, we, we try to stay very active and we listen to the people who we know are building our brand. And then the something I thought was, there's, there's two big things, and this is more on the business side of this, which, which obviously this is where I think affiliate owners ears perk up, which is like, A, the margins are good. I don't know, you don't have to talk about what those are, but um, they're good. Which is, mm -hmm. which is always the pain point for supplements. They're like, hey, this is a 70 pound bag of protein. You're gonna sell it for 65 bucks. And I'm like, I don't need your four bucks, man. Like, thanks, but like, that doesn't help me. I have to sell, I have to sell, I have to sell 97 bags of this to get one at this point. Like, it's just right. not worth it at this point. So that right. is something you should consider. Um, and the other one is you guys now do drop shipping, right? So it doesn't have to come to me as the affiliate, correct? Correct. Yep, exactly. On both ends. So the, the margin, the one thing that I want to really drive home is uh, margin is, is one thing, but if, if as a business, you're not working from a 45 to a 55% profit margin on a product, you're really not building yourself the, the pool of cash that you need to continue to grow that department, right? It's a category. You shouldn't just order $300 worth of stuff and then next month order the same $300 worth of stuff. It should grow. Um, and a lot of people say, well, how much should I stock? I don't know how much can you squat, go put too much weight on the bar. And when it gets too heavy, drop it stock and inventory are the same way, but all of that circles around margin. So having a 45 to 55% profit margin as an industry is really important. And that's really what stores expect. 
So that's the reason that they're able to maintain the solid stock, advertise, and then build a proper business unit, which theirs happens to be all supplements. And that was um, always, that was always like, I mean, I'm just going to be really blunt about this. Like that was a real thorn in my side with a lot of companies that I dealt with before, because mm -hmm. I know that like I mean, my previous life I dealt in retail and I'm like, I know that your margin on this is probably actually like from the, from the wholesaler, like from the, from the company is probably 60 to 70%. And what you're doing is giving me 15 to 20. And I'm like, that's garbage. Like all you're doing yep. is basically stealing all of this and having me do basically low paid slave wager. Like, it's just like, right. and that really, really chapped my ass a lot. Cause I was like, this, we're not making any money on this. Like you're, you're taking all of the margin and leaving me as the point of sale to just sit on product, you know? Right. Right. Creating, creating customers for another brand with nothing, with no reciprocation isn't, isn't a very good business model. Um, so, and the only other thing I'll add to that is we actually teach, so the margins are, are great, but they're actually built around selling our products at a discount. Um, we, int we intentionally keep our prices set at retail prices um, on our website as well as on our Amazon store. Um, the nice thing is about having them on both places from an affiliate standpoint is your, your members are going to Google the products. They're going to go want to read about it. So you don't want to find it just at your gym because otherwise it, it's, 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 that looks like shit. Uh, the other part of it is, is you've got valid uh, reviews on both websites, people giving honest feedback from valid purchases. Um, not only that, but it's also verifying what's the retail value of this. So as a gym owner, if you can go to your members and say, you know, we're really, be able to we're really proud to be able to save you five or six dollars on each of these products, that's, that's a powerful motivator for those members. Yeah, because that adds up. If you think if somebody's doing this, you know, once a month, you're talking about potentially saving them hundreds of dollars throughout the year because, you know, like they're, we already established, like they're going to buy it. Uh, and then how does the drop ship work? Like, how does that? So then my question as affiliate is, okay, well, do I still make the margin or who makes the margin on the drop ship? Like, how does that work? So this was something, Jason, we struggled with uh, for a long time um, because I'm, I'm a firm believer you got to have product on hand. Right? If you're teaching your members it's important to take a protein after your workout, you should make it available after your workout. But from the speed of ordering, like, like someone did a time study on it. I said, this is going to save me seven hours a month of admin time. Like, holy shit. I never thought about that. Yeah. So what we did was we built it where your cost on it doesn't change. Like, so if Sally comes in and hits your landing page and orders product, your margin is actually going to go down, but your cost by the product is going to stay the same. The reason that is, is because we have to pass shipping on somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's reasonable. So that's, I don't think anybody's mad about yeah. that, but again, it right. goes back to like, if, if that takes my margin from, I don't know, from 45 to 40 or from 40, from 50 to 48, I'm not, I'm not splitting hairs about that. Like I don't care right. because of the time value of money. If it saves me seven hours a month, then, then I'm good. So right. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, a loss that most people are willing to take on that because of the convenience of it, but we should still carry some stuff on hand. So I think that's, uh, I, I yeah. would agree with you. Um, any recommendations on like a retail setup? Like, have you seen people that do that really successfully? This is always something that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people let that get in the way of you know, I always say, don't, don't wait for every light to turn green to head into town, go to Walmart and buy a $40 plastic shelf. If it looks like shit, so be it. 
like the, the thing that so many affiliates and coaches forget is your members want you to be successful. They want to buy these products from you. They want these recommendations from you. So if you start with a ghetto looking shelf, they're going to support you in it. Take that profit, buy a nice shelf, buy nice shelving, get some type of racks that's going to set up to where it's going to merchandise out. And I know that we talked about this during your onboarding process, having a good looking um, situation when members come in. Um, I think that that's a goal to try to achieve, but you shouldn't keep that from just, just like you shouldn't wait to get in shape to go to CrossFit. Like just yeah. start. Just yeah. Don't start. let, don't let uh, gray be the enemy of good there. It's just like, just, just start doing yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So th there are some uh, affiliates doing it really well. Brian Alexander, CrossFit Lumen has a, has an excellent looking um, retail area. Stu Brower has a really good looking retail area. I mean, he's an aesthetic guy. He doesn't put a whole lot of stock out there. Um, if you go to um, the one place we do brag, which is Instagram, uh, if you go to Driven Nutrition's Instagram, we repost a lot of our affiliates' pictures um, okay. of their submit shelves. So that's, that's a cool. really good. Uh, I never thought about that. Um, we need to make a section specifically for like, hey, how do I how do I display shit? So uh, I appreciate that idea because that's something that our affiliates are constantly posting about. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I would just like three percent of sales from here on out. That would be fine. With that. <laughs> all, of, all of my attorney review those. Things. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be holding my breath for that paperwork. Um, <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, and I think the big thing here for people to take away is like, I, I don't think it's a conversation that we as affiliate owners or trainers should shy away from because I mean, you've been doing this for twenty years. I've been, I've had a gym for, for 10 and been just in the CrossFit space for 10, but played collegiate athletics. I mean, the question about supplements, it is 100% coming to you as a professional. So you might as well figure out how you want to navigate that space. Like, do you want to, you know, say no, eat, you know, eat paleo for the rest of your life? Or do you want to figure out that like, there is some room uh, for, for this marriage to work out and for it to benefit both your members or your customers and you as a coach or a gym owner. Um, because again, like you're not going to avoid it. It's like, it's like, I, I, I've largely come to, uh, to look at the supplement is like, it's like defensive driving. It's like, listen, you're going to have to drive on the road. You might as well figure out like how to navigate assholes on the road. So, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of them in the supplement industry. So how do I f educate myself and figure out like, what's the most efficient way to do this? Um, so that it can be beneficial because, um, you know, for a long time, we don't do it right now, but for a long time we were using margins on supplements and retail to, to basically fund equipment and maintenance budget, you know? So, so that's such a killer idea. Absolutely. So, and people dig that. And if you, and, and my recommendation is tell people that I'm like any margin yes. we make here goes right back into the business. We are not pocketing this. It's going to go back to you because what's good for you is good for us. You know? Right. So, yep. I um, had a, I had an affiliate owner reach out. Um, um, he said he used to he'd sell the five pounders for 60 bucks and he had one member every, every month and a half, he'd come by slap $60 on the desk and say, there's the down payment on the next assault bike, you prick. <laughs> and, but it was all in good jest, but he made it, he made it aware like this is an essential part of our business. We're going to, we're going to make it front and center. Um, That's cool. So Because they, they are, they are talking about it and they want to support these gyms. Um, but the number of affiliates that have and will go out of business because they don't embrace that, that their members want them to be successful. I mean, I don't know how many people 
um, for years, and it's not as bad as it used to be. For years, people used to feel bad about buying a new car. Well, my members will think I'm making too much money. Well, shit, are they getting up at four o'clock to come open the doors for two people? Like yeah. it, it just, uh, but I think that as a, as, as a, as businesses, we've evolved back past that. Um, but if you can embrace that in terms of asking for testimonials, asking for referrals, asking for retail support, asking for uh, retail support and clothing. Like I just bought this two days ago from the gym that I work out at. Um, That's cool. Asking for that and letting your members know, like, I know, I know the profit from this. I, cause I know what this sweatshirt costs. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like we sell them. So I I'm happy that that's going to go to knock down a wall and then they're going to put up a new rig and then they're going to buy five or six new shirts or five or six new bikes, rowers, because like it, that's what we need. That's, yep. that's a strong community. And that's so many awesome. owners screw themselves because they don't own that part of it. They're not comfortable with it. Yeah. So like I said earlier, like just get over it. You're running a business. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Any, um, so obviously you said at the beginning of this podcast, you read and you listen to a lot of books, anything you recommend for business owners to maybe either educate themselves on the supplement or just help them get over that stigma that they don't want to, that they don't want to sell this stuff. Man, that's a good question. Um, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, tribes by Seth Godin. Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Yep. It's not specifically about, supplements but it comes down to and then that ties into uh his latest book this is marketing um um, really just this the phrase that goes around and around and i've said it even on this is because um i love i love the phrase he nails it so much in his latest book is people like us do things like this and embracing that from a business is what do we do like uh, what do because I, I, I try to put myself in the same situation of, um, you know, I, I feel one of the reasons that we are successful in the space is because I'm empathetic and I'm able to put myself in the shoes of the affiliate owners. I've been that small business owner. I know what it's like to, to stress, to try to pay rent, to pay the bills. Uh, I've never messed, missed an employee's payroll. Um, very pr- proud of that, but I know the stresses that come with that. Um, so taking a look at it from the standpoint of, who are your members? What, what does your community represent? And then going all in on that and not shying away from it. And I, I, I say that admittedly knowing like, um, just like on this call, like I'm not good at bragging about myself or our company. So I know that I need to do a better job at that. And that's the reason that I've, um, I'm trying to do better about coming on shows like this is trying to share what it is we do. Um, because I think we're, we're a little bit weird in the space. Um, in terms of the supplement industry and everything. Well, hey, sometimes it's good to be weird. Sometimes it's good to not be the norm because the norm isn't always yeah. that great. But uh, right. I, I think there's no better place to end than that. So um, guys, if you guys are interested at all, look up Juven Nutrition, get a hold, get in touch with Jason and his team. He'll do an onboarding call. He'll walk you through all the other stuff. Um, look him up on Instagram uh, and then check out that Facebook uh, page, Building Retail in Your Box, just to start educating yourself. Uh, and if you're not ready, then just keep kind of stalking. And then when you're ready, hit them up. Cause again, you're going to get that question. So you might as well not avoid it. But uh, Jay, thanks brother. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. So I really think this is going to be beneficial for all the listeners. Oh, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed this. All right, brother. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did one more time, please, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts 
and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.